Y'all ever heard of a monkey trap? Yeah, most of you have, I'm sure, but it's a good example, so I'm going to use it anyway. A monkey trap is, is uh, hunters, I don't think they do it anymore, but hunters in Africa used to take these coconuts, they'd cut a little hole in the top of the coconut, ho hollow it out, put some fruit in there, and attach it to a tree, tie it off to a tree, and they would do it to trap monkeys. And, and the hole was big enough for the monkey to get its hand in the hole, but whenever it would grab onto the food, it couldn't pull its fist back out. And so it would try and try, and they'd start freaking out. There's videos. They're horrible. I was going to play one, but you don't want to see it. But the, the, the monkey can't get out, and then it sees the, the hunter come in, and they can easily grab the monkey. It starts flipping out, and it, it just can't break free. But if it would only learn to let go of that, that fruit, that food, it could easily just slide its hand right out. And lately, what we've been doing, we've been talking about here is strongholds. Over the last three or four weeks, we've been talking about strongholds. And, and I was just thinking of that this week, how, how it's very similar to the monkey trap. Many of the things that we're holding strongly to be so easy just to let it go and be set free. But we're unwilling to let go of some of these things. And it can be easier said than done sometimes, but... Uh, for me personally, just realizing that I have that God-given power to do that, that's an amazing power that we have. That should, that should get us excited immediately, knowing that I have the power to let go of some things and grab on to something brand new, grab on, hold on to something that's, that's better than I could have ever dreamed of. That's good. That's the power that we have. We don't have to, to assume that God is pulling the strings behind the scenes causing all these bad things to happen in our life, we can really, when we understand grace, start to grasp, grasp the fact that we have the ability to hold on strongly to good things or bad things. And it also causes me to realize that some of the bad things that are happening, not all, not all the bad things that are happening in my life, but more often than not, the bad things that are happening to me are because of decisions that I've made in the past. And I know we could sit there and, and beat ourselves up because of it, but we should look at it with a, a positive lens. Say, yes, I have put myself in this situation, but if I've put myself in this situation, what does that mean? I could put myself in a brand new situation. I can let go of some of those things that have been holding me back and uh, let go of some of the things that are stealing, killing, and destroying what God wants for me to, or wants me to experience. Uh, the monkey literally sacrifices his own life because he's unwilling to let go. And we could sit back and say, what a dumb little monkey. <laughs> what a dumb monkey. I'm glad I'm not as dumb as that monkey. I'm not going to finish that thought, but y'all know where I'm going with it. We all have things that we're unwilling to let go of, each and every one of us. I'm no different. I have things that I know that I need to let go of, and it's just difficult sometimes, whether it's uh, I'm just comfortable. And I know I've said this a thousand times, but most of our little comfort zones that we're in aren't really comfortable. They're just familiar. And we're unwilling to let go of this thing that's actually destroying us because it's just familiar. And it's become our little security blanket. So, so I have the power to let those things go. Um, and some of those things don't seem that bad on the outside. I mean, think about the monkey. He just wants some food, man. He just wants some food. What's wrong with a little bit of food? But that thing, that thing that seemed like it was a good thing ended up 
killing him and some of the things that seem good on the outside to us end up killing us. And so that's what we're going to talk about. But I just want to read this again. We've, I've read it, I think, every week over the last month or so, but we're going to read it again in 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Let me just repeat, a stronghold. I used to think that a stronghold was something that had a stronghold on me. And I just had to break free of this stronghold and it just won't let me go. That anxiety that won't let me go. The depression that won't let me go. The lack or poverty that won't let me go or the sickness that won't let me go. Whatever negative thing in my life, that offense, the, the, the bad stuff that other people have done to me. And I, it, what we do when we assume that a stronghold is something that's holding on to us is we, uh, how do you say it? You, you, you deflect responsibility onto that. And the only reason I'm going through this is because of that situation and those things. And if, if the life I was given was just a little bit different, then maybe I could live in this freedom that we talk about all the time. But a stronghold isn't something that is latched onto you, that has a stronghold on you. A stronghold is something that you have a stronghold of. And so that means you have the power to release that thing a negative stronghold and hold on to a positive stronghold because they can be good or bad. Hang on to something good, the life of, in Christ that we are all meant to live. That's the power that you have. But verse five says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. That is your greatest superpower, my friends. You have the ability to Bring every thought into captivity. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. You have the power to change your thoughts, and by doing that, it will change your life. Most of, not all the time, but most of the reasoning why we are in the situation that we're in is because of a thought process that led us to where we currently are. But it doesn't have to end that way, and we're going to talk about that today. Verse 6, be ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Again, strongholds are actually things that we have a stronghold of. That's actually good news because it gives you power. It gives you power. If you are the one who's in control of what you hold on to, you have the God-given power and ability to let it go and choose to hold on to the life that God has for you. It's never too late. It's never too late. In other words, when you take your thoughts captive, you will begin to take your life captive. Sometimes it's that easy. Man, I thought it had to be this way, and it doesn't. I thought that with healing, for example, physical healing. What we would call miracles, I don't think it's a miracle. I think it's what we're just meant to live, but that's a whole other topic for another day. But, but I didn't even know that, that divine health, divine healing was even an option. I was never against healing. I just didn't know that that was a thing. So I never experienced it. And then one day, some minister said, God wants you well. And I thought, okay, switch. And uh, some, a lot of the things that I had been dealing with, my heart condition, that they said I would have to take a pill every morning and every night for the rest of my life, I just said, I don't have to take this anymore. 
not as an act of faith, not saying I'm going to do this and believe that God is healing me. It's just I realized that I was healed. And it would take as much, it makes as much sense for me to take this medication as it does for Simeon to take this medication. It makes no sense. He doesn't have the problems that I had. So I got rid of it. And I was healed. And I never had another symptom since. But it, all it was was a, it, an immediate flip of the switch. I just didn't know. I was perishing for a lack of knowledge. And then I knew, and then suddenly my whole life changed. I don't have to take this medicine anymore. I'm not telling you not to take your medicine. I always got to back this up because some, someone's going to go home and flush their medication and like, I don't know, bad things are going to happen. Don't do that. The only, uh, but I was at a point where it's just, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was healed. And it's that simple. But other times we got to grow and we got to continue in these things and, and just by faith say, you know, I know what he's saying is true. I know what they're, they're, they're preaching to me is true. I don't have all the answers. I can't say why or how or what does this mean? What about this story in the Bible or what? I don't have all the answers quite yet, but whenever he says it, something comes alive on the inside of me. Any of you ever experienced that? You hear the truth. And you don't have it all, all the blanks filled yet, but you know what you're hearing is the truth. And it's, it lights you up on the inside. Start there and then start seeking the answers and pursue those. But it takes faith. It takes trust. Not just trusting God, but I mean, are you trusting me? <laughs> Do you believe that I've given my life to, to help you and teach you these truths? I've given up. I could be a multimillionaire, but I'm not because of you, because of you. And, and, and <laughs> I love y'all so much. I, my face doesn't always say it. I don't always act the best, but I love you. Anyway, the, I've, this is so real. So if that's all it is, the people closest to you, do you trust them? They, do you trust the people that are closest to you in your life that maybe they know what they're talking about? And maybe you'll, you'll look into it a little bit. Maybe that's all it starts with. Is pursue those things. Let go of the stuff that's been holding you back. Let go of the things that have been killing you, even the things that look pretty good on the outside. I know people that they look like a success on the outside. and the outside world, they look like they have all the money. Well, they do have all the money. They have the nice car and the nice house and all the stuff, and they're alcoholics. They can't sleep at night because they're so stressed out. They're judgmental and critical, negative. It's not always, just because people look like they have it all together doesn't mean that they do. God has called you to something great. Now be honest with yourself. Is the life that you're living even tapping into that? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe there's certain areas of your life that where it's, man, I am just killing it. It's awesome. Then other areas where you know, oh, I know God has something better for me in this specific area. And I think we're always growing, every single one of us. I know we're always growing. So maybe the big, your, your life is good. My life is really, really good. Does that mean I don't have to do any of the stuff that we talk about? Of course not, because there's areas of my life that will always need improvement. And I focus over here a little bit, and then I, I kind of get that. And then so I go over here, and I focus over here, and, and then this gets neglected. So, and we're just all, we, this is what we're going to do the rest of our lives. It gets easier as time goes on. But we never stop. We never stop growing. In fact, I believe that's what we're created for. We're created to be fruitful and multiply. I know that in Genesis, we, we see the story of creation and, and God gives, them, gives man one thing to do. Be fruitful and multiply. 
And that means to go out and subdue and take dominion and, and make many children and all that stuff. But the same principle is for us today. Be fruitful and multiply. Take what you have, grow in it, allow fruit to grow, and the people around you will start to be attracted to that, grow in the same areas that you have, and you will multiply the things that you have been given. That's what we're created for, to grow and to never stop growing. You never plateau. You never stop. You always keep moving forward, but not in a works way, not in I need to do this or to get God to do this type of way, but just that's what we're created to do. I really believe that you're the, the remedy to, to any anxiety, the remedy to any fear or to any negativity in your emotional life, the remedy to that is just aiming for something, a goal. I mean, it's that simple. Sometimes we just get stagnant in life and we're just kind of going through the motions. We get up, go to work, come home, clean up, eat, go to bed, do the same thing again the next day. And this rat race over and over and over. And we're just fitting into society without giving it any thought. But what if we really took our thoughts captive and said, maybe God has something better for me? That's what this church is for. Should I bust out the whiteboard? I'm thinking up here. <laughs> Quickly, we'll get into this more in the future, okay? So th there was a time I was in, back when I was in Bible college, someone told me, someone had a prophetic word for me. They stopped in the middle class. This started happening a lot in my third year. And as I've told y'all, I didn't enjoy that. I don't like being called out in front of people. I know I'm in front of you today, but I'm choosing it. I don't want to be put out in the front just by like, hey, you, come here. Don't like that at all. I get sweaty. I say ridiculous things. I mean, I say ridiculous things when it's planned. Imagine when it's not planned. It's crazy. So anyway, one of the a guest speaker uh, called me out. He said, and I didn't know I was going to be a pastor or any of this stuff at, at that time, but he said, you're, I see you're going to uh, start a church. And I'm like, possibly, possibly. And he said, well, you're, you're not just going to start a church. You're going to start multiple churches. And he said, you're going to be a, and obviously this has not come to fruition yet. I don't even know if I should tell, tell y'all what happened. But anyway, he said, this is what he said. He said, you're not just a pastor. You're going to fill the role of a pastor, but you're more of, you're filling the role of an apostle. So that made me uncomfortable because back then, if, if we have the fivefold ministry, and I'm not going to go into much detail now, but the way that I used to look at the fivefold ministry was the Apostle was up here, and all the other gifts and offices were down here. And it was kind of like this, look at me, I'm the apostle. Look at me, I'm the apostle. And, and it made me uncomfortable. I said, I don't want to be this guy. I'm not that guy. I am not that guy. And it, so I just kind of put it on the shelf. I said, this is, he's wrong. That guy's, he's a dumb monkey. So I, I just didn't really give it much thought. Well, then I started to read the Bible crazy, I know. Uh, I was reading the Bible, and I started to see the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, whenever he talked about being an apostle, and he would build himself up and talk about everything, he didn't say, I am an apostle called of God. Everyone look at me because I am so good. I stand up here, and all the other gifts are, will be down here, and y'all just kind of come listen to me talk. Y'all come listen to me, minister, and learn all the good stuff from me because I am the apostle. I actually had someone tell me this one time. They, 
they were coming... They're coming to this church, and they said, uh, uh, I've, the Lord has called me to be an apostle. And he said, I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to outrank you or anything. You're just a pastor, but I'm an apostle. And I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. The apostle Paul, whenever he talked about being an apostle, he didn't brag about how awesome he was. He actually talked about the persecution he was under. He talked about the hard work that he had to do. And so I started to realize as I studied scripture, this pyramid here is actually more like this with the apostle down here that builds up all the other ministers, all the other offices, all the other giftings. The role of an apostle isn't, hey, come look at me and just listen to me talk on, on Sunday morning, even though we need this and to grow together and to learn and all these things. But as you do, my heart and my goal and the purpose of Grace Life Church is to build all of you up so we can experience the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So I don't want you to come to church on Sunday and just listen to me I do want you to call me Apostle Clint from now on. But other than that, don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but the, the, the point isn't just to mark a church box off. The point is to grow together, all of us. Yeah, listen to a message. Let's get on the same page. Let's understand the love and grace of God. Let's encounter the love and grace of God. But then what do we do when I say amen? What do we do after that last song? What do we do with this information? Because if your goal is just to get God to love you, I have great news for you this morning. It is finished. Your goal is not to get God to love you. Your goal is to live heaven on earth. Not just to get excited on Sunday morning, but to take what you get here together as a community and go out there. I'm going to have a series that's more in-depth on this in the, in the near future. We're coming up on five years as a church in September, and I, I want to talk about the heart of the church. This is just a little glimpse of that. But the church isn't meant to be this service. The ecclesia, the church that Jesus talked about was out there. It was in business. It was in entertainment. It was in politics. It was in every aspect of life. We need this to get empowered, to grow, to find community and relationship. But it's not limited to this. It's to go out there. That's why we do what we do here. That's way off what I wanted to say this morning. But I just think it's so important because we, we listen to a message and we get excited and then we leave here and no change happens. We could come here and, and gold dust could fall from the ceiling and we roll around on the floor and just laugh our little selves off. And, and, but then what? What good was that when your marriage is still in shambles? You can't rub two pennies together. What good is any of that? I'm not saying every little thing that God does has to make sense all the time, but I want fruit to grow in your life. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. And the only way we're going to multiply is if we're growing fruit. It's not, what that does is it takes the focus off the church and puts it on you. And I'm not, like a lot of churches, I think that's most churches' heart. At least that's what they want it to be. But then as, as things start to grow and things start to change, it starts to become about the church. And we need help running this thing. Unless y'all want me to sing, 
and he's helping me over there, and y'all, there, you know, everybody, all y'all, most y'all are serving in some capacity at this church. We can't do it without you, but whenever I have a, the Lord gave me a vision for Grace Life Church almost six years ago, but now it's not Clint Zeller's vision. My heart is that you show up here and you grow in the vision that the Lord gives me. You're not helping me fulfill my vision. My vision becomes your vision. Your vision is to see more people experiencing heaven on earth. Your, your vision becomes, I have experienced so much that the, that the Lord has provided in my life, I want others to experience it as well. And we all work together and we all have a bigger goal in mind, not just to grow Grace Life Church, but to expand the kingdom of God on, on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I want. But we have to first let go. We talk about the gospel of grace. There's the gospel of grace. God is not holding your sins against you. He has separated you as far as your sin, or as your sin. He has separated you from your sins as far as east is from the west, which means forever and ever. Sin is not an issue between you and God anymore. That is what grace is all about. And because of that, we get to go out and really experience the kingdom of God. Man, it's good news. But we have to let go of some of these old ways of thinking. Those things that are just, we're, we're just so unwilling. Well, that, that's not what my pastor growing up said. That's not what my denomination always taught. That's not what my favorite televangelist says. Go watch them. No, that was mean. Shouldn't have said that. But it's, a, it, it's just, we're, gonna, we're more, I've had people not want to listen to me because I'm, you're just, how old are you? 37. What do you know? I can't use this excuse much longer because I'm starting to get old. I think at 40, I'll stop using the, the, this example. But 37, I'm going to go listen to that 60-year-old minister over there. It's just because he's older. It's okay. Anyway, we have to let things go. I remember when I was a, I was a director of the Bible college, director of the Bible college, and whenever I got that job, we're coming down here, it was just a miracle what God did. Got us down to Houston, and uh, I'm not going to go into all that right now, but I, I was working at this Bible college, and I remember saying this out loud. If I did this every day for the rest of my life, I would die a happy man. Whew, life was good for about two years. I was a director for four years, but about two years in, my heart started to change, and I got this desire to start a church, and it, things started to shift, and my heart just wasn't in it, in it anymore, and I didn't get paid a lot to be a director. This is a small extension school. I mean, the, our best year, we had 30 students. I mean, this is a small deal, and uh, I really loved it. I loved the students, most of them. <laughs> Uh, but, and it gave me an opportunity to teach. It gave me an opportunity. To, I still had a lot of army in me, so I was, I was kind of mean still, a little bit. And I learned some compassion. This is the compassionate me, by the way, in case <laughs> y'all were wondering. You should have seen me 10 years ago. Anyway, so I, I, I loved all that. It helped me grow as a teacher, as a minister, as someone that could lead people. Not just tell them what to do, but actually love them, and, but I, I didn't get paid a whole lot. 
I think I got paid $700 every two weeks or something like that. And it was not a livable wage. So I, uh, I mean, I, I didn't do it for the money and that's why I kept telling myself, but it, it was just enough, just enough. It paid our mortgage. So I was like, all right, it's okay. And as I got, started to get this desire to start a church, so I was doing both for a little while, and I started to realize that I'm giving half my heart to the church and half my heart to the Bible college, and this isn't right. It's not fair to the church. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to the Bible college students. Nobody's winning in this deal. But I didn't want to let it go because even though it was just a little bit of money, it was enough to take the edge off. So I wouldn't let it go. And I went to a director's meeting. I, I did this for two years, two more years, just hanging on to this thing. And they had a, a director's meeting in Colorado every summer. I went up to it, and they were talking. It's a whole long story, but essentially they were, saying, they, they were talking about, if your heart's not 100% in this, we need people who are 100% in. And I was like, I think I need to let this go. I called Laura. I said, I think I, I, the Lord's wanting me to quit. I felt like the Lord was saying, as long as you're holding on to this little bit, you're blocking me from getting more to you. I told her that, and she said, well, who am I to argue with God? So <laughs> I, I talked to him, and, and I knew that people would be upset with me. Students would be upset, thinking that I abandoned them and all that, but I just really felt like this was keeping me from doing something greater. So I had to put all that aside and say, I'm going to have to step aside, and they ended up closing the school, unfortunately, but the, the point is, I, I, I was holding on to something, didn't even realize, it was a good thing, and I didn't even realize that it was keeping me from something even better, and so I let that go. Within a month, Laura got a raise that was even more than, it made up more than what I was making at the Bible college, and all these things started to, to fall into place that I don't think would have happened had I been holding on to this this thing that seemed like a good thing. And so we have to take a step back sometimes and say, what is it? What's holding me back? Because I know the life that I'm living right now, I'm not getting it all. And if there's something more that the Lord has for me, I want it. I hope you want it. And be willing to say, you know, I did spend a lot of time building this thing over here, but maybe this thing that I've spent a lot of time making is actually a mistake and God has something better for me. It takes faith, it takes courage. It's not easy, but it's worth it. I don't know if there would be a Grace Life Church had I not made that decision. You're called to greatness. Do you really believe the life you're living now is the life that you were called to live? Or are you holding on to something that looks good on the outside, but it's actually keeping you from heaven on earth? Matthew 20, 16 says, for many are called, but few are chosen. That's a weird verse, isn't it? Because I thought God wants, you know, he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants, he, we're all called, right? Let me give you an example of, of what this might mean. Do you, does anyone have that person in their life that just never answers the phone? <laughs> Some of you are sitting next to him, right? <laughs> Never, I, I'm not going to name names, but I have a person that never answers the phone. That person I have known for a long time. Uh, I've known this person every second I've been alive. I, this person's sitting in this room right now. I'm not naming names, but I've known him quite a while. And I, when he answers the phone, or this, when this person 
answers the phone. I'm actually more surprised that I hear a hello on the other end than when I hear a voicemail. And a few weeks ago, my brother and I were going to go out fishing, one of these little ponds out here, and I thought, man, this certain person who shall be nameless, remain nameless, would really like to hang out with me and my brother and go fish. So I called him. No answer. So he did not get to experience an awesome time with me and my brother. And that's what the Lord, he's, he's, not, he's calling all of us. Who's going to say, here I am? Who's going to answer the call? Because when you answer the call, he says, I choose you. I choose you. It's kind of like whenever we, we moved down here. We stood up in front of the church and said, we need help moving. Everyone's favorite thing, right? And every, many were called. And then a few hands go up. Okay, I choose you. I choose you. Many are called. Few are chosen. I want all of us at Grace Life Church to be the one who says, here I am. And the Lord says, I choose you. I choose you. He's not withholding something from you. You're withholding from him. You have the ability to take your thoughts captive, take your belief system captive, take your life captive, and go down a path that the Lord has predestined for you. Before you are ever created, you are made on purpose for a purpose. All you got to say is, here I am. That's the life I want to live. And then a desire starts to rise up on the inside of you. You let go of the stuff that's holding you back. Say, here I am. <sighs> what about this job? It pays really well. I'm not telling y'all everyone needs to go quit their job and that you shouldn't make lots of money. I think we should make, all of us should make lots of money. So I'm not telling you just because it's good, it's bad. <laughs> I'm saying you need to know, and I think you know. I know you know. And sometimes you just need some, someone to give you permission to say, all right. Most of the time, nine times out of ten, whenever I meet with someone, I'm counseling someone, all they want is permission. Should I take this job? Sure. All right, and they take the job. I, mean, I don't even have to do anything because you know you don't need a sign. You don't need any of a prophetic word. You don't need any of that stuff. You know on the inside of you. Now it's up to you to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that voice leading me and guiding me because I know that he wants what's best for me. How do I know it's him? Faith. Just trust. Because guess what? What, what if you listen to that little voice and you missed it? Then what? Are you doomed? Is everything just going to fall apart? You might think it is in your mind. No, you're blessed whether you miss it or you get it right, right every time. You're still blessed. You could walk away from something, and maybe you weren't supposed to. Does that mean God can't get something new to you? We put God in this box. Just continue trusting him. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. You're not going to lose. Let's see where I'm at here. Boy, oh boy. The chosen ones are the ones who are willing to let go of the things holding them back and say, and say here I am. So the next logical question, how do I know that I'm caught in a monkey trap? How do I know that the thing that looks good on the outside is actually a thing that's keeping me from the life God has prepared for me? I think, and this is my perspective, mostly from the church. This is mostly for church people. 
not Grace Life Church people, but if you grew up in a certain denomination or in an environment that was a little more religious, a little more legalistic, where we're always trying to, to do better to get God to bless us or serve more in order to get God to do something or to love us or accept us. I mean, I, I didn't grow up in church, but I, my mind, I always thought of God like I am. So it's like, well, you didn't earn it. You want something, you earn it. And then I learned that that's not how God operates. That's not what grace is. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. This is everything that you need for life and godliness already given to you. You're in possession of all these things already right now where you sit. Whether you're experiencing it all and whether you're tapping into it all, whether you believe it all, that's a whole different topic. But the, God's done his part. Now it's our part to believe it. Faith. It's that simple. But a lot of times we're, we're so... How do I... I'll flip this. I need a helper, don't I? A, a real apostle would have a helper. We talk about sin. People talk about sin. What is sin? A, lot of, a definition that people use is an archery term. The definition of, of sin is missing the mark. So we, we're, we're, this is a cool, this is cool, right? I ordered this. It doesn't work at all, by the way. But then I was thinking about it this morning. Can I have a volunteer? Hey, right here. I don't know. Do, it, do your thing. So this is, if, if sin is missing the mark, we're aiming at this target of not sinning or doing the best we can or serving more, doing more, giving more. And we're aiming at this thing with, with faulty equipment many times. We say, I'm going to quit drinking. So I'm aiming at this. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit cussing. I'm going to quit chewing and hang with the girls that do all the stuff. And we miss. We miss. So then, all right, well, maybe it's not about not doing these things. Maybe I just need to have a better attitude. Or I need to serve more or, or pray more, read my Bible more, and... Still missed. Still missed. We get, we get close sometimes and we feel pretty good. I'll let you try one more time. You got a whole pile of arrows right there. That's the straightest arrow? Okay. $8 on Amazon doesn't get you a whole lot, let me tell you. Oh. All right, that's good. <laughs> Give him a hand, everybody. My, my, what I've noticed with church people is we, we try so hard to do this. And let's say maybe sometimes we hit it. That's great. And we feel really good about ourselves. We are killing it. Yeah, I'm a good Christian. I am a good Christian. But then the next time comes and we're, I'll just slide it easier. We're down here. And then we beat ourselves up again. And we live this life of I feel really good because I'm doing really good. And I feel, now I feel bad and I condemn myself because I know I'm just not measuring up. We're aiming at this, trying to, to be something. What if, what, if, what if one of our goals and the thing we're aiming at is I'm trying to just be more like Jesus? We hear this all the time. I just want to be more like Jesus. 
Again, I have good news for you today. 1 John 4, 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. Our goal is not to become more like Jesus. Our goal is to realize that as he is, so are we in this world. Our goal is to realize that everything you'll ever need for life and godliness is already on the inside of you. The life that you wish you were living, and the, wish, the life that you wish you could step into, the ability to do that is already on the inside of you. You're, uh, so we're not aiming at this goal. We're, we're, we're not just missing the target. We're not just missing the mark. We're not even aiming at the right target. We're trying to do something that's already been done. What if our target isn't to, to sin less and to serve more and do more? Maybe our target is to rest. Maybe our target is love, the love of God. Maybe our target is grace. And if we aim at that, guess what happens? We're not firing faulty equipment anymore, a cheap plastic bow and arrow set. We're using the righteousness of God in Christ. And when we do that, we're right there all the time. Does that, does that mean we're not going to fail? Yeah, we're gonna, we're, of course we're going to mess up sometimes, but that's only because maybe we're, we're not focused on what's already been given to us. I do this all the time with the church. I lose focus. I put all the pressure on me. How are we going to grow? How are we going to reach more people? How are we going to do this? How are we going to... I was in here a few weeks ago. I mean, I try to be in here every day, just about. And I, I, I just was sitting right here. And I said, Lord, because I do all the talking most of the time. I said, maybe I'll just shh for a moment. Shh. Because prayer is just communication. And communication is talking and it's listening. And I just felt like, I said, what, what do you want me to do? How can we really get this message of grace out here? And I just closed my eyes and I saw this, this wind in here, like a, 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 a dust devil. Well, a dust angel, we'll say in church, right? <laughs> it's, it's like we don't have potlucks, we have pot blessings. Anyway, it, it was just in here, and papers were blowing and all this. And, and what I got, the, the Lord was speaking to me, so just get out of the way. Just rest. Let me do Yeah, go and, 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 you know, do the marketing and do the stuff. But put your hand to something and watch what I do with it. Trust me. Quit trusting in yourself all the time. So that means, yes, I put my hand to something. You have to move. You have to work. You have to put your hand to things. But then watch what God will do. And when you're trusting more in his love, his grace, resting at the feet of Jesus and allowing that to transform you from the inside out, things will start to take place. The vision and the dream that God's placed on the inside of you, it won't stay inside of you much longer. You'll start to see it out here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen by you, you can see it up here. When you can see it up here, everyone else will see it out here. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? The things that you see up here, when this becomes more real to you, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The things that you see out here, when that becomes real to you, everyone will see what God can do in your life. You don't have to wait till you're perfect. If we all waited till we were perfect to do anything, 
there would be no Grace Life Church. We don't have to say, oh, whenever this, this, and this happens, then I will. Or if I can just get over this problem in my life, then I will. How can I pray with people when I'm going through the same things that they're going through? So let me get through this, and then, I'll, then I will. How about you start now, in the middle of the mess, because you're not trusting in yourself to do it, in your perfect performance. You're trusting in his. As he is, so are you. Trust in that. Trust in that. All the other stuff will start to fall into place. I'm telling you. Failing at something doesn't make you a failure. Quitting makes you a failure. Never starting makes you a failure. I'm not calling you a failure if you haven't started something. I'm just trying to wake you up a little bit. Say, enough is enough. I want to live the life that I was created to live. And I know that this rat race that I've been living is not it. People might look at me from the outside and think I have it all together. But you know. You know the truth. The kingdom starts with that one question. Am I happy? in every area of my life. That could be financial, it could be health-wise, it could be emotional, every single area of my life. God wants something more. Ask yourself two questions. Am I able? I'll answer that one for you. Yes. If it was just you, maybe not, but it's not just you. You have the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of you. You can do it. Am I able? Am I willing? That's the question. Am I willing? Am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing to do what I have to do in order to get to where I want to be? And that means there's going to be some haters along the way telling you how to run whatever you're doing, your church, or whatever else it might be. The people that are the loudest at telling you how you should be doing something are usually the ones who are doing nothing. Ignore all that. Ignore all that. When people come up to me and say, oh, you should be doing it this way with the church, I say, are you volunteering? And suddenly, they get real quiet. That's why pastors burn out, because it's all on one guy. What if we, I'm not going to flip it back over, but what if we all work together to accomplish something? Why don't you do a food drive? Why don't you do a food drive? You have a place right here. We have a big garage. Do it. I will help you as much as I can. Why don't you teach more on, during the week? Do you want to teach more during the week? Well, I have good news. We have a couple that are going to start that this week. But... Man, I, this church is here for you. I am here for you. Look around. We're all here for you. What are you going to do? I mean that in love. <laughs> am I able? Am I willing? And then just don't quit. When you mess up, get back up. Keep moving forward. A righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Peter started to sink in the water. Jesus picked him right back up. Just don't stop. It's not going to go the way you think. That's okay. Just don't stop. You are called to live a life that's greater than you could ever dream of. Let go of the things that are holding you back. 
today. Say it to yourself. You don't have, we don't have to have a big altar call or anything. Just say it to yourself. Here I am. Lord, here I am. I'm trusting in you. A desire is going to rise up. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you a desire in your heart. You won't have the full picture. But you'll have the first step. Take that first step. Move forward. It's not about perfection. It's about availability. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your goodness, your grace, your love. Thank you that we don't have to aim toward the target of doing better and striving to become more, but we can rest knowing that as he is, so are we in this world. So I thank you, Lord, that we can all rise up and live a life that needs a supernatural explanation. We can all step out and do things that we never thought were possible. I never thought that I could do what I'm doing today, but here, here I am. Here we are, and I'm just one of many at this church. So, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of each and every one of us. And I believe this morning that as you were speaking to people this morning, something came alive. Something came alive. So I just, I'm believing and I pray this morning that people respond to that call and say, here I am. So, Lord, I thank you. I praise you. And we're excited about the future. The best is yet to come. We just bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Russell. Thank you, Apostle Clint. <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. So, but I can say that I probably speak for everybody in here when we are all so grateful that you decided to give 100% of your heart to this church because it has been an awesome, awesome time here for us so far. I think... Just about everybody here has been here before, so you know here at Grace Life Church, we do offerings different than most traditional churches do. We have an offering box in the back, and you can uh, put your offering there. Uh, if you make out a check, make it to Grace Life Church. You, we also have online giving at gracelifeonline.com. Um, so, you know, and this is good ground. You've heard me say this before. Any, matter of fact, just about any time I get up here, I want to remind everybody that it's good ground. So, very briefly, Clint and I were talking the other day, and I was telling him about going to restaurants. And, and Cheryl and I, we, you know, we like to be generous to our waiter. And a lot of people kind of evaluate that on, on whether the waiter was how good were they. Well, they may be having a bad day, so we tip them good anyway. And some people look at it like, well, look, they're waiting, they're, they're waiting on 10 different tables here, and just, they're just bringing in their food. That's all they're doing. They're not even cooking the stuff. They're just bringing the food, sitting it on the table. If I give a dollar and everybody else gives a dollar, well, for the 20, 30 minutes we're in here, for 10 tables they make, you know, they're making $10 just on that. So why do I need to give them $10 in that table? That means they can make $100 in 30 minutes. That's too much. We've probably all did the math at some point in our life. But here's the thing. We come to this church, and I'm, believe me, know my heart, I'm not getting on to y'all. But we come here to this church, and this church is carrying the food that we need to live kingdom life right now. God is bringing that, and he's bringing it through Clint, but he's bringing it through this entire church. 
And he's bringing that and serving it up to us. For me, that, that makes this good ground. If I can do it in a restaurant where they're giving me food to strengthen my body, then I can do it in church where they're giving me food to strengthen my spirit and help me to live a better life right now. So this, I can say again, this is, this is good ground. I know every week it's fresh, it's new, it's something that when I hear it, I t- grab hold of it, and we discuss it on the way home, and then all week long it's affecting how I handle me and how I'm walking in what God has for me. So now I feel like I really just got on y'all. <laughs> I apologize. Know my heart. Let me just pray over this offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it impacts our lives, how it affects our lives. We thank you for this church. We thank you for Clint and Laura and everybody that serves in this church. And Father, we just ask your blessing on all of it. We, we, well, we know you bless all of it. And Father, we just, we just give you praise and glory. And we just thank you that when we come here, we get fed. And when we leave here, we're different than when we came. And it's not something that we just forget as soon as we walk out the door, but we start walking in it and growing in it. And every single day of our life, it gets greater and greater until we are hitting the mark every single time because we are following where you're leading us. And we're aiming at the right target. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the offering that comes in today. We thank you for the, what you're doing in our lives. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name.